welcome to episode 21 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I speak with my good friend and colleague Luke Worthington. We talk about the pressure during what is now week five of or what will be the beginning of week six of lockdown due to COVID-19 and the pressure on coaches to feel like they are not delivering enough to their clients in terms of their programming, either due to lack of equipment and so on. And Luke and I very much think the same on the fact that you don't necessarily just progress your workouts via reps or loading. So we discuss um, how you would approach your programming in a way that your clients will absolutely benefit a lot in terms of their movement and also their understanding of their own body and, and, and how it moves. So I hope you enjoy the show. Lots of good nuggets in there and as ever if you do please leave a review on itunes or wherever you are listening and let me know what you think lukey how you doing i'm all right thank you jocelyn <laughs> i've called you your uh, the name that i call you as opposed to luke <laughs> yeah luke do you want to tell the people who you are so yeah i'm luke luke worthington uh, so i've been in the health and fitness industry for it's around 20 years now and counting been a part of the nike group for uh, around four years and loving that in terms of what it is that i do i i suppose i guess a bit of a mechanic i like getting under the hood of how people move and and how to make that more effective and more efficient uh, whether that's within sports or whether that's within managing injury or just people who want to feel a little bit better and have their lives go a little bit more smoothly but yeah i'm i'm i suppose a movement guy these days more than a performance guy which is what i was when i first got started and we met obviously through the nike connection and i, I remember actually when i when we met um we met in a coffee shop and yes. we were just reminiscing over Tea Nation and various other old <laughs> goods. And yeah. I think it was then we clicked. We were like, okay, yeah, yeah we're on the same page here. Yeah, you also remember when Instagram didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm thankful that Facebook was not around when I was at university. Oh, God. Just yeah. saved by that. Obviously, now we've worked on a lot of projects together, which has been fantastic. And then obviously, we've got lots of stuff happening in the future, both through, through Nike and our own individual work. So, very excited for all of that. As we speak, we are at the end of week five of lockdown due to the coronavirus. And obviously, the fitness industry has been hit pretty hard in terms of gyms being shut down and everybody having to take their training home, basically. I know we're, we're allowed outdoors for an hour a day or so, but people do not have access to barbells, to kettlebells, to dumbbells as much as they did when they were able just to step into their gym. So I think we were we were both talking in the early weeks, which now feels like years ago, <laughs> about what seemed to be a flurry of panic just spreading throughout the industry and a lot of people just throwing stuff and information and content out there, which we've spoken about, you know, just this thing of everybody was trying to help and do the right thing, but also just recognizing that 
you know, we've never been through this before. And so as such, there, there's, there's no, there's no blueprint and no kind of guidebook on, on what to do and, and how to do it. But you've been busy working on some, some things that, that, that trainers and individuals who, you know, want to train at home can do. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about that and, and, you know, how you develop that and what it, what it looks like, because effectively it's, it's a strength program that doesn't require any equipment, right? That's right. Yes, you mean you, you've summed that up perfectly, really. I mean, what what obviously happened when the world changed was things things changed very suddenly, didn't they? It went from mm. you know, from certainly my experience was I had a you know, a normal busy week working on lots and lots of different projects with lots of things in the pipeline. Obviously, you know, one with your good self for the workshop we had planned and some workshops mm. planned abroad and everything all go, and then within twenty four hours it was all stopped. And, and, I, and I'm sure there are many, many, many other people with similar stories to, to tell. What I observed in those initial couple of days was, as you say, this, this huge panic of, like, I've, got, I've got to be doing something. I think fitness professionals are by nature, they, it's, it's a, people are doers, aren't you? You, you, get, you get into this industry, and certainly you only survive in this industry if you're, you know, if you're proactive and you, and you make, make things happen. And for the most part, people tend to be, you know, they tend to work for themselves or they're in some form or another, even if they're under the umbrella of a, a gym or an organization, they are, you know, they, it's a lot of free agents all coming together under one roof really is typically uh, how a, any, any kind of group of fitness professionals operates. So you don't, you don't survive that in the good times unless right. you're a doer, unless you make things happen. And what seemed to be happening in those early days was just this flurry of activity, which I, I, I interpret as being this kind of emotional response to, well, I'm so used to being busy and, and doing stuff. I've got to be doing something and anything is better than nothing. And to a certain extent, I, I can, I can agree with that. I certainly sympathize with it and I, I can absolutely agree. However, I mean, I'm not and never have been one of life's panickers. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not really how I, how I roll. And I'm a, Big believer in in what in whatever you do at any stage, whether it's because the world's tipped on its head or whatever, whatever you do now has got to be something that you're happy and content with standing by in the future. So just because the world has changed temporarily, that doesn't mean that you necessarily throw away everything that you are and be and and try and reinvent yourself as something entirely different. It's a case of trying to slightly adapt and evolve as opposed to, right, well, I'm just starting all over. Like I've been a, you know, I've been a kettlebell coach or a CrossFit coach like my entire career, but now I'm doing this. Um, yeah. I think that's, that was, and I could, I could sense that panic. I don't think that that panic is, is necessarily helpful. Um, and I, I think that what, what would be a more correct response would be to say, well, how can I just modify and adapt what I do already, which prompted that project really. I thought, well, I, I gave it some thought. I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do much the same as I remember you, you doing the same thing, actually saying, actually, these first couple of days, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to just feel how things are, try and see if I can interpret, is this going to be a long term thing? Is this a week and it's over? Or are we in this for several weeks, months? I think you and I had a conversation along those lines. Saying, actually, I'm just going to sit tight for a couple of days and just watch um, and 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 see. And that was that was when it became clear to me that actually, 
most beneficial thing that I can do is to lend my experience to people who don't have as much <laughs> was, the, was, the, was the way I thought of it. I thought there's, there's a lot of this industry has boomed over recent years. So there are lots and lots and lots of young trainers coming through that, you know, and you and I have worked with many of them and they're fantastic individuals and fantastic people, but they've, you know, we've never seen anything like this before. They've never seen anything like this before. They've never know, really known anything other than the fitness boom. And I really thought that the best use of my time would be to, to help the trainers um, more so than the end users, uh, you know, by, default you'd be helping the end user um, but i saw it more of that whole kind of teacher man to fish if you like I, you know rather than just rather than just throw a load of content out there well what what would be more effective and more beneficial for more people and have a longer you know a longer lifespan longer shelf life would be if i can create some way of helping trainers service their clients um those people who, who might be finding it a little bit tough so that's that was what i did so the, so it took a you know it took a little while obviously because to kind of create the back end of of all of this so what i came up with was essentially putting my thoughts for programming into a, a way that could be applied without any equipment you know, usually everything i do would be with equipment because i I love that sort of stuff. I think it's great. I think the you know, the most effective, efficient way of getting people stronger is to give them a barbell or a kettlebell and get them get them doing stuff. Um, but that was the bit that I had to adapt. Not the whole concept of me believing that that getting people strong and moving well is important. I didn't change that. What I changed was the environment that within exists. So the whole you know the message was very consistent, but just putting it in a putting it in a different box. That's is still absolutely my philosophy, and it's the you know human physiology and the and physics have not changed since pre lockdown. Um, just the environment has. Um, you know we we are we still have the basic requirement to move our bodies in the same way. Um, moving them against some form of resistance in multiple planes is still going to be beneficial for absolutely everybody, no matter what your desired outcome is. It's just that we can't now do that with barbells and bands and kettlebells and all the fun stuff that we we'd like to give people we've now got to do that in an entirely different environment and that requires a bit of creativity and imagination but also i think re requires an understanding of what those movements really consist of if we think of you know, the fundamentals of of a deadlift i think lots of lots of trainers and lots of fitness enthusiasts would all know that that's something that they should probably do and think, well, yeah, I know I, I've, I've read that or I've, I've heard it before, or, you know, Jocelyn told me like deadlifts are good, like they're great. Um, but do they know that actually that is the same movement as something that might look entirely different that they could do in their living room? Um, but the, the mechanics are the same. It just looks different. And that was the, the sort of the, the bit that I thought I could give was the understanding that you don't need a, a weight to perform a deadlift. You can lay on your back and do a hip thrust and you've done the same thing. You've just, you've done the same thing biomechanically. You've just used you used the environment that you're in. And I, I saw that as a gap, actually. I, th I thought there's, there is still a, an acceptance by people that they need to be doing certain things. Um, but I thought, I thought that the gap was, was people realizing that they could do those things without the equipment that they they used to? 
because that was the that's what I feel was a big panic from trainers like all of a sudden a they are going to be put in a different environment training their clients whether that's via zoom which has been obviously one of the more popular ways to train people I feel like we should all have uh, bought shares in zoom but um or you know or or facetime or whatsapp so so not only is is that kind of um interaction changing but then they're like oh my god well you know what do i do i don't have my dumbbells i don't have my barbells i don't have my kettlebells and also all of those sold out of everywhere yeah the first few days in fact we just yeah. got um BJ ordered a pull-up bar, which just arrived um, yesterday. So we are delighted with ourselves. Greasing that groove, doing a rep or two every time we walk past. You know how it is. But I think I, there was a panic of, I don't have weight. Now, what am I going to do? And I think one of the things that we are both very, very passionate about is understanding those those fundamental movement patterns and that what we recognize um you know the more popular movements to be so a squat or a, or a deadlift there are so many different variations of that that same movement yep. but it's just it, it's called something else and it looks different the, the movement is is the same and so so how did how did that how did you break that down over the programming or what would i guess surprise some people with some of the the movements that you've chosen because I feel like a lot of trainers would be like what do I do where do I start yeah. so can you can you talk through yes how, how you kind of worked through it so what I when you, something that you and I have, have spoken about many many times really this this whole sort of continuum of movement I've got your squats you've got your hinges you've got your lunges and then you've got this within each of those buckets you've then got movements of increasing or decreasing complexity that are effectively just the same but some are more challenging than others so i just tried to just apply that same logic but just removing the equipment and there are still you know there are still multiple types of lunge that you can do without equipment and you can so you can still build progression you can still build mechanical progression but without the factor of load and without going into too much sort of you know, sports science terminology if you want to create a training effect it's the whole principle of progressive overload which if you've got the luxury of here are 30 dumbbells that you know ranging in weight i can just give you the same movement and then each time i think you get a little bit stronger i can just take those dumbbells from you and give you the heavier ones i i, I will create a training effect because i've increased the external load now that's the simple way and it's also the most common way and a lot of times it's the most popular way because people like that they're like well i could only pick the 20s up last week and now i can pick up the 22s it's sort of it's so it's very easy to fall into that rhythm of well i'm only going to look at load but when you start looking at mechanics you can understand that the i could keep you keep you on the same pair of dumbbells but i could just slightly change how you do it or i could change the plane of movement that we work within or we can adapt things that way and i can give you more challenges and that's how again something that i know that you'll sympathize with and when if you work a lot in that such kind of rehab post rehab setting you sort of you have to think in those terms um, you have to think in terms of how else can i how else can i progress this person but i can't without just throwing load at them because they're not ready for that so can i progress them in terms of movement mechanics or can i progress them in terms of tempo or or, or even frequency i'm just going to get them in three times next week instead of twice so having spent big chunks of my career doing that so working with people who 
who perhaps weren't ready for or, or, or adding load was not really an option because they're in that early stage post rehab. That's kind of how my brain works. So, so therefore, when you when you don't have the option of adding load, it was relatively straightforward for me to think, well, I well, yes. Yeah, so we just progress people in other ways. But then that's not how the industry tends to think. Um, the industry tends to think reasonably linear in terms of yes, I need to progress someone, so I'll give them more reps or more weight. Then and that's it. Which for the most part, as I say, in the when the world is good and you've got access to everything and, and everybody's fit and healthy, um, that's fine. And you can go a long way with that. In the current circumstances, so you've removed load. So in which case, right, well, we're just going to give people more reps. Again, fine. But there's going to come a point where you can't do anymore. <laughs> and, and that's it. You know, you're going to hit that threshold of, right, well, you know, no one is going to be doing 4,000 press-ups. You know, they're, they're not, you know, so there's going to come a point where you run out of reps. So you need some other options if you want to have your clients or your class members or whatever, if you want them to progress. And that's ultimately what the, what your job is. So having that understanding of, of movement mechanics and how can you, how can you work things in different ways, I think is, is important. So in terms of what you might see, if we take lunge as an example, mechanically speaking, a backward lunge or reverse lunge is it as a mechanically easier movement than a forward lunge even though it might look more complex because you're moving backwards so looking to progress people in that way so i've got progressions of lunges so single single leg movements between a split squat between elevating one leg on a split squat so typically you'd start by elevating the back one so you're just shifting more weight onto the front leg you can then elevate the front one as well so you you get a little bit more range of motion out of there and then you can move into your more dynamic stuff so starting with one moving backwards because it's mechanically easier then moving forwards is then a little harder because you've got to deal with the deceleration of moving forwards and then pushing back the way you came from before then moving on to one moving sideways where you then you're just relearning a whole new plane then so just within that one movement category you've got i don't know, I forget how many i mentioned there five yeah, <laughs> five, 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 yeah, three, yeah. five different variations so if you want to give people a couple of weeks at each stage you've then you know you've got 10 weeks there of lunges of progressions and that's before we've even thought about tempo or reps or playing around with rest periods or frequency or anything like that that's simply just in terms of understanding mechanics so that person if that person is doing you know is doing 10 split squats in week one and by week eight they're doing 10 forward lunges and it feels just as hard for them their their perceived exertion in that movement is just the same they've progressed the fact that they're still just doing 10 lunges you, you you just kind of park that thought for a moment. They are better. They are they are performing better in week eight than they were in week one, and therefore you've achieved that goal. And they are they are doing what you need them to do. Um, so that's sort of that's sort of what it's built around. That's what that's how this works. Is that in each kind of bucket in each category, you've got your options, and here's your harder ones, and here's your your more simple ones, and then how to piece them together and and sort of build your menu. Yeah. And I have to say, I completely agree with you from just having that rehab background as well. Like I, that was something that I did when I first did my PT diploma, I did sports therapy at the same time, and then immediately went and assisted football physios. And in my mind, because I've always worked in some sort of rehab way, 
I just think that helped me to be a much better trainer because, you know, understanding those tiny, tiny changes and how much of a difference they can make, you know, in terms of somebody's progression. Whereas if you, you have just done, say, PT or you haven't done anything on the, on the rehab side necessarily, you probably are a little bit more stuck in, okay, well, this is the exercise and I progress it via reps or via load. And I sometimes feel like a lot of trainers feel like if they're not doing that, then either their client's going to get, get bored or they're going to, and, and the idea of doing five different variations of a, of a movement that still looks kind of the same, however many weeks on is a bit of a, but surely wouldn't they want to just add more load? But actually, I think that process, very much like, you know, the rehab process, really gets clients to understand or individuals to understand their own body and their own body's movement. And that's really what we're trying to get people to go away with, like that deeper knowledge of how they're moving and those tiny, tiny changes and what a, what a big difference they can make. Yeah, that, that, absolutely. That is the program, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. It, is, it yeah. is built around mechanical progression um, as opposed to, right, well, let's just let's just push and push and push and push. Because yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in that anyway. You know, in the outside world, I'm not a, a big believer of that. So, so actually, now that that's not an option, it's like, well, cool. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk movement. Let's talk movement mastery. Let's let's talk. How does the body actually want to move? And let's um, let's let's go there for a while. And I think he, to, to be honest, I, I was having a conversation with another mutual friend of ours just last week with with Tony about actually how probably if you've got if you take your sort of your classic kind of gym boy gym girl who've just been getting after it for the last however many years, having a period of time where you just kind of have to back off and think about movement quality and other things is probably one of the best things that they could do. Um, and, you know, our, our conversation was around, you know, performance and, and what sort of performance drop-off might might you see. And we were kind of theorizing that with as long as this doesn't go on indefinitely, with some people, you might actually see a performance gain during this time. If they're a, a trained, they've got a good, training age you know so a good base there already uh, and they've been hitting it really hard now just backing off in terms of load and focusing on some other stuff they might see when they come out of when there's no who, who knows it was a theory what you might see when you come out the other side of this is is some performance gains i mean great i i hope i really hope that people do i don't know i think it'll be a very very interesting time when we when we do it's something I'm talking about with some of the athletes that I work with as well in terms of, well, let's not panic. It's not great. We know that. Let's not pretend that it is. Let's not pretend, you know, we can we can get all super motivational about it and that's fine. But we also have to be realistic and understand that your job is to play football. Football is cancelled. That kind of sucks. So, yeah, and way, way out of our own little bubbles, lots of people are losing their jobs and people are dying. So, yeah, it, it, it sucks. And let's, um, let's let's not let's not forget that, and let's let's be mindful and respectful of that. Um, but let's also think: well, we could potentially see some see some improvements in in you as a as a as a human being. So, trying to kind of look at look at that a little bit. 
as well. Yeah, and I think there are two things there as well. You know, one, so my my school friends, um, you know, we all are still very much in contact and on WhatsApp groups and so on. Um, and most of them have had zero interest in exercising for about the last 20 years, I would say. And now all of a sudden, most days they're like, are you doing that Facebook live workout at 12 p.m.? And I'm like, what has actually happened here? You know, like, so people <laughs> yes. who, you know, um, have never really, they've maybe wanted to move, but just for whatever reason haven't done it, now really feel that need to move their bodies and to exercise. And so there's that movement happening, which I think is fantastic. And then there's, you know, as you say, the slowing down of people who have been going and going and going. And I, you know, I feel like I've spoken to most people just for life in general, just to appreciate the kind of pause for now, but also for a friend of mine, she's a weightlifting coach and she was just like, everybody chill. You probably need this time off to work on those small pieces, you know, of improving your movement quality that you weren't paying attention to when you were too busy trying to lift heavy in the gym. And then uh, another girl, actually, I just recorded a podcast with her just a couple of weeks ago, Chloe, and she's a hybrid lifter. So she um, both Olympic lifts and power lifts. And she was saying, you know, we, we were laughing because she was saying, you know, you can, you can do so much work and maintain a good deal of strength with bands. And, but then, you know, our, our point was, was that actually you still need to really understand your body, your own body movement well in order to use the bands well. So and my, my example, you know, to her was, you know, you see some people doing banded good mornings and I basically want to cry a little bit inside when I see them because you're like, oh my sweet Jesus, what is happening there with that bat? Like this is all wrong, you know? So again, it comes back to really, really understanding your own body movement, almost respecting your own body movement and then adding the band or eventually when we get back into gyms, adding load. And I, and I, yeah. I you know, it, it is, it's just, a, it, it, as you say, it's just a theory, but you would hope that people are taking the time to move better, but we, we, we'll only see that, you know, I think obviously, yeah, you know, those, those that have guidance will, will be better at doing that. But um, yeah, I guess I guess only time will tell. You know, on 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 that as well with like your powerlifters and and your your other athletes, or even just you know your everyday athlete, just someone who wants to be good at stuff, no matter what it is. If they just want to be good at training, that's that's also fine. I think it's worth just underlining the point of how how robust a quality strength is, um, and aerobic capacity for that for that matter. Um, in that, you know, most most studies support that you've got about a four week grace period really before you start to see strength decline and aerobic output decline so like you, you know your endurance which is how why athletes taper off their training before an event like they can you can you can taper people off for a few weeks if you really want to before an event or a tournament and and you know they maintain their level of performance and then a lot of times they get better because they're, they're resting so the it's not necessarily the panic should not be a panic. And I think that um, if your performance is at the forefront of your mind, then thinking about it more in terms of, well, I'm, I might not make massive strength gains during this time, but can I kind of just keep pushing that four weeks a little bit further ahead of me? You know, can I, can I do enough to maintain what I've got, not lose it, but just 
get better at moving and recover a little bit and work on my my, my trainable menu. So you know, look at my look at my mobility and how much of that mobility can I access and all of these things that people like you and I love to tell people when they're in the thick of training and they go, yeah, shut up, I'm not just give me more weight. <laughs> you know, maybe now is maybe now is the time that you can pay some attention to that in the with the confidence that the strength that you work so hard to build will stick around so as long as you're as long as you're doing enough to maintain it then you can keep pushing that four weeks further and further out in front of you it's also you know like when somebody comes back from an injury invariably the the injured leg or whatever often comes back stronger than the previous stronger side just because that attention to detail has taken place over however long a period of rehabilitation. Well, yeah, and, and well, quite often in those circumstances, what's happened is somebody's had a sore right knee, so they've stopped playing football and they've just rehab, rehab, rehab the right and done nothing else. And they go back to playing football and it's like, well, my right knee is now my, now my good knee. <laughs> um, generally speaking, paying attention to, to quality during this time, I think will serve people very well. I mean, that's obviously, that's, you know, we're, we're making assumptions that this is not going to be a long, long, long term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, How optimistic we are. Well, I say it, it's, it will end, won't it? And it's, it will, it will, it will end. I think the question is, when will it end? That's out of our control. That's totally out of our control. How we deal with it in the interim, that bit is down to us, really. Um, so that's that's the bit that that's the bit that we can have some input over. Um, and it's it's hard. I mean, it's, I think it's hard to get to that state. You know, I, as we said in the intro before you pushed record, I mean, I've I've kind of flitted between being annoyed about this, between being upset about this. And now being just generally accepting of this, you know, quite sporadically, really, over the last few weeks, it's easier said than done to say, you know, to do the whole well control the controllables. Um, but that is ultimately that is all, that is all we can do. It's it is easier said than done to just to sort of be accepting of all that's going on around you. And uh, I know it's, it's certainly something that I like having control of everything that's going on, going on around me, and that's probably a fairly common trait in our industry. That is the sort of you know, type A or type A plus is fairly common. So it's pretty hard thing for people in our industry to do, to be quite passive about the world around them. But what else can you do? Yeah, exactly. And also I was speaking to a lady yesterday. She wrote, she wrote a really great book and I was, I was chatting to her, you know, about her next one. And she's been doing some Instagram lives with a psychologist. And, um, and I was saying, you know, the lady I was speaking to, Cathy, was saying this is just such a, a huge social experiment, which, you know, obviously it is. And I was saying I'm really interested to see whether it's affecting people who are already you know suffering with some sort of mental health issue so you know are people coming out of their depression are they going into it more what's kind of happening there because i guess part of that is a feeling of of loneliness and so then when everybody is isolated to a certain degree does that then make you feel less lonely was my thought process and I obviously I, I don't know either way but anyway this lady Cathy was saying that actually no this this um, psychologist that she's been doing one of the Instagram lives with was saying that no it's just exacerbated 
everything. Yeah. So those yeah. who are depressed are feeling more depressed. Those who suffer with anxiety um, are feeling more anxious. We were just kind of chatting back and forth. And the reality is, is that, you know, we always talk about, and you know, that I'm obsessed with, um, you know, mindset stuff, that we always talk about, you know, this idea about fear and what's real and what's, what's not. But actually, you know, she was saying that this psychologist was saying that, you know, we have, we're all very stressed by this. In, no matter what way we're we're dealing with it, or our, our level of of coping, or whatever, we're all stressed by it, and so that you know, very often a lot of our fears are just that they're fears; they're not real. They're just our thoughts creating whatever scenarios in our heads. But actually, that we are all suffering from a level of stress from this. And as you say, you know, we're trainers, we're problem solvers, we, we try and it's funny because we've obviously been, been, you know, chatting over the weeks and, and I've, I've always said that the kids are a distraction because we're so busy kind of with them and that you sort of don't have time really to slow down and be like, shit, like, is this actually happening? It was when she said to me on the phone, cause she's got three kids, um, but her youngest is 15 and she's and obviously Bjorn and Max are, are five and one. And uh, and she said to me yesterday, she said like I actually don't know how you're doing it. And it was the first time I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. It was when someone else kind of said it to me, and I was just a bit like, oh my god, this is all too much. And I had a bit of a panic moment. And then actually, I had a call uh, with my mentorship students after because I've just been trying to, you know, we're we're, we're beyond the. Um, eight week course like the January intake but I've been you know kind of staying in touch obviously through all of this because it's absolutely affecting everybody and I was like god I have to pull myself together before this call <laughs> you know saying to PJ I have to go and meditate or something this this woman's just opened up a can of worms in my emotions <laughs> I need to just reel them back in and, and I think it was when you know she said to me this is really stressful I was like oh my god like we are we're so in this this is really happening and no matter how much yeah. we try and, and cope it's it's very much a thing so that was it was it was good it was good and not good for me to hear that because I was like oh god no I'm really not coping but there we are um yeah. so but yeah I mean it's it trying then you know to work out how you're going to service your your clients when you too are dealing with the same thing that they're dealing with that's the thing and that's the I, I guess the the key part of all of this is we are all experiencing it, and and it is it is messing with everybody. I did a I did a an Instagram live last week. Uh, it was last week with Mark Fisher, who I, I think you I think you, you know Mark as well. For people who don't know Mark, um, they should probably look him up. He's a fantastic fitness industry business person, and he's all about you know process and and making the best out of what you what you have. And we we were having a chat about how this is affecting everybody, you know, in our, in our world. And we're talking about, well, actually, we would be more worried about the people who aren't worried about this. Like, if you're not stressed about the fact that the, the, the world economy has stopped and people can't leave their homes and, and you know, people are dying and, and businesses are, are going under, and if you're not in some way stressed by that, then what is up with you <laughs> because you should be so so the, the sort of i guess that the classic fitness industry trait of 
kind of making out like, well, nothing phases me. I got this. It's all under control, um, which is kind of what we do. We put the brave face on and it's, it's all about the client and you can never have a bad day. And the conversation always has to be about it. Like all that stuff that we all do and we, and we're all great at it. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, you know, otherwise you, you couldn't really exist in the world. Now is maybe not the time for that. It's okay. And probably really important. And certainly, from from my experience when I've been kind of reaching out to, to my clients and some of my clients I'm still working with, some I'm just just talking to really, um, to to be able to say that and to say, yeah, yeah, this uh, this is it's bothering me too, is like you you you're connecting over that and say and they're saying, oh, good. <laughs> not good. Like not good not good that not good that you're stressed, but good, right. I, I don't I don't have to fake it. Like you, you and you don't. Like you don't you don't have to fake it. Norm, I say fitness bros are experts at faking it. Experts at you know at being okay and putting on the happy face and you know and motivating someone else and and getting somebody through stuff. But this isn't that time. This is affecting everybody, and and I think it is important to um, just to to accept that and to just own that a little bit. Uh, as I say, I would be much more concerned about the, you know, the person who is, who thinks this is wonderful. Like I'm worried about you <laughs> because, uh, because it's not. Well, I've used the word shit show to basically describe my, my household for the last <laughs> <laughs> four weeks, five weeks. But yeah, my house is like a shit show. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's being fed and we're, we're getting by. So, so we're good. Yeah. But, um, and, and actually, so, that was another so, thing that yeah. the, um, the psychologist had, had said to Cathy, the lady I was speaking to yesterday, was like, there's this sense that you're running on a treadmill and getting nowhere. And I was like, yes. Yes, that is absolutely how I feel. Like it's just go, go, go. And before you know it, it's like another day is finished and you're like, where did the time go? But somehow it's filled with, you know, all the stuff, but so good. And I, I just... I just feel, you know, because obviously we, we both work with a lot of trainers who are just coming into the industry or who are certainly in the first few years of their of their um, career. And it's fair to say we know what their, you know, their fears are. You know, there's this often this sense because I think also within the industry and probably probably within every every industry, there can often be a sense of, you know, some trainers putting other trainers down and so on and so forth uh, which obviously is not great but I think what that does for new trainers coming into the industry it makes them really really you know shy to voice what they think or what their suggestions are and you know even some of the mentorship um, students that I've worked with people have kind of laughed at them and talked them down when they've suggested something I'm like what kind of an environment is that for somebody to feel confident about learning and asking questions no matter how silly they are you know, if someone's going to, you know, shout them down or embarrass them or whatever, they're just going to, they're not going to progress because it's too uncomfortable to, yeah, they just you want know, to, to do stuff. so. And so I think that already they're in, an, in some ways they feel like that already exists, but all of a sudden then they're on their own and they absolutely have to kind of continue to show up for their, for their clients in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. a global pandemic. That's, that's a lot. I think it's great, basically, that you've that you've created this resource because I, I know I've spoken to a lot of trainers who are just like, oh my god, what do I do? Uh, uh, do I have to move online? What the hell? Like, and it's like, no, but let's 
do what you can with the resources that you have now. And, you know, what would have happened if this had happened 10 years ago? I mean, there's, there's, there's an argument to say it, would, it wouldn't have done anyway because people wouldn't have been moving with us. So it's sort of, you know, we've got the, we created it by being an advanced society and, 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 and this global, global civilization. Therefore, we have the tools to deal with it as well. By by definition, so uh, but yeah, I mean it, you're you're right. I mean it, if if social media and the internet didn't exist, what the hell would you do? Very very different story altogether. But yeah, it's uh, you know again, it will just be really really interesting to to see what this looks like on the other side. I had a call with you know a bunch of the European team from from Nike, and we were you know on uh, Wednesday, I think it was, and we were just like talking about like how how does this change things moving forward and you know i i what two of the points i made was that i feel like prior to this um i've noticed kind of two you know quite marked things you know happening within fitness like i feel like the the quality of training is increasing and and actually i will you know pinpoint i think maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago i would have said that you would get better quality um of training from a pt session than you would from a from a class but I think now the quality of coaching in class environments is has really really upped its game certainly in the last five years so if you think about that in terms of the the number of people that that affects you could say the general level of of you know coaching and um delivery of, of fitness education is improving as a whole and then also then this this um sense of community as well like people just do better yeah. when they're doing things with other with other people and now post this or kind of during stroke post this there's been this increase in people wanting to move their bodies and this huge urgency for this sense of community which at the moment is only through our screens you know so we've now got more people wanting to move and still this demand for community so it'll be really really interesting what that looks like on the other side because like I say all yeah. my school friends are working out now and that is like I'm literally like like have you all been drinking like what is going on like what <laughs> you are working out again this week I cannot believe I'm hearing this from all of you you know so which is awesome it's so cool I never managed to convince them in my 17 years of <laughs> being a coach so I'm glad that we're doing it now if you, if you think there's never before in human history been as much attention on health yeah, yeah. albeit slightly it's it's packaged up a little differently because we're talking about you know we're talking about mortality rates and we're talking about infection rates but it, it's health and it, and the other end of that spectrum is you know there's there's ill health and then there's absence of disease and then there's good health you know morphing into fitness and then performance um so the general subject just because we're talking about one end of that continuum but we're not but at least we're talking about it and we're talking about it a lot and you can't move but hear about it so it's it's on everybody's mind and i think this the whole thing of what well i don't want to be down that end i don't want to be definitely don't want to be in the mortality group you know i don't want to be in the ill group i don't want to be in the just getting by like if the the closer i can get myself to the absence of disease then into the fit healthy you know push it that way then the better and you know they're, they're right to to a degree um you know that's i think it's a sort of an instinctive need for 
uh, or a desire to to show and demonstrate health, even if it's just yourself. So I'm fine. Like I can do this. Like I want to do stuff. What a wonderful thing when that's, um, you know, those of us whose, whose job it is to encourage that have been obviously saying it forever. And the industry has been saying it for a lot longer than we've been around, but now other, you know, everyone is saying it. Everyone is saying this is important. Like, you have to look after yourself. So in, in whatever shape or form it, it is. And I, I think I'm sure you get asked this question as well, but I get asked quite a lot about fitness trends or what do you think the next trend is going to be or what's the, you know, and assuming that over the years as fitness has boomed, which is fantastic, there's more and more people have want to take part, which drives more and more people wanting, wanting to deliver it. And, and I, and I think that's what's behind the increase in standards. You know, you mentioned that you think there's been this, this up, uplift in, in quality. I think that you, some people can see the, the, the boom as saying, oh, but you know, you've got so many people who've never done it before now coming in and, and delivering stuff yet. They're right. And, and that is absolutely true. But if you, and like in any pyramid, the more you put into the bottom level, the higher it pushes the peak. And, and I think that's what's happened. The industry has boomed. More and more people have come into it. Some of them are less good than others. That's completely true. But what that has done is it's it's pushed people up and it's made people up their game. And it's like, well, if you don't want to get lost here, you're going to have to really deliver. That's so the boom has is a is a good thing in that sense. But um, you know, I. I my point of that being that the, that you know people are now are, are embracing it, and this boom created all of these little movements. It's like, well, you've got you've got CrossFit tribe, and you've got the yoga tribe, and you've got the strength guys and the hit class people, and you know, and it's like, and and everybody was like, is like their little pocket, like you were this or you were that. Um, are you a CrossFit? If you're a CrossFit guy, you can't do yoga, or if you're a yogi, don't go to hit class, and if you're a S person, don't do anything. You know, it's kind of like that was sort of how we were how we were heading my whenever i'm asked about what i think the next trend is going to be i actually think it's going to be bringing us all back together again and understanding that it's all got a place um and that if you want you want to create a a fit and healthy human being yes we know that we can't argue with the physiology that building blocks of that have got to be they've got to be strong enough in order to be resilient enough to do the other stuff but they also have to do the other stuff you know, they've also they've also got to have a strong cardiac output. They've also got to be mobile enough to be able to do stuff and not get hurt and and live in the body that they're in. You know, they they they've, they've got to be conditioned enough to be able to get through a day or walk up a flight of steps without getting out of like out of breath. All these things play a play a part. So, I think that in the future we'll actually all come back together again. That will be fantastic, in the and that we'll stop trying to take food off each other's plates and say, "Well, no, you're a, you lift weights, so you don't get hit classes," or "No, you only come to CrossFit, so don't go to yoga, or you'll get weak." Like, I, I think that will, I think that will stop post the other side of this. I think it will be a case of actually, the, yeah, this all has a place, and what what we should be doing is educating people on how it all complements each other and how you need all of that. Not that like, well, this is cool right now, so only do that. And now it's not cool anymore, so stop it completely and now do that because now that's cool. You know, that's sort of competing with each other, um, I think and hope will stop come uh, out the other side of this. I think we'll be more thinking of, yeah, you need to do that and come and see me and go and see him too. You know, you need to do all of this stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that that's just the education piece then, isn't it? Like it's just 
some people think that I'm anti here. I'm absolutely not anti here. I'm just anti the abuse of doing something too much yeah. that then you know, doing that. And and you know you can see you can see the why it's attractive. You feel good. You, you're you know you're on a, it's you don't get that same vibe from from lifting weights. Well, I mean I do personally, but <laughs> um, but you know it's it, well, well, also there's a, there's a certain amount of technical competency and skill required in doing that, and I think that's why it's less accessible. You know, turning up and doing a hit class is very accessible. You know, I've um, so you can just turn up and do it, and as long as your instructor is half decent they'll be sensitive and sympathetic with the fact you've just turned up and they'll they'll make it in such a way that you can just do it um you know there are going and doing a an snc session with someone who's a very technical lifting coach also has a value but it's there's a skill barrier there like it takes a while before you become competent enough at doing it that you then get that same feeling that say you get because you don't you don't you know, even though of course you pay attention to to the movements that you're doing, it's not as cognitive as it is if you're a if you're an absolute beginner. If you're an absolute beginner, you're shitting your pants thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, like <laughs> am I doing this right? Do I look stupid? Is it heavy enough? Is it not heavy? You know, all of these things it get in the way of them just kind of enjoying it. Once they've got over the over the hill of that technical competency, then they get that satisfaction that say you and I get from going and lifting weights and going, Yeah, I feel great because like I can do that. And that's that's the sort of that's the that's the balance really. The hit class movement has been fantastic for getting more people to move, but I think what we have to do is under, understand where it where does it fit in. It fits in as part of the overall picture, but it can't be the only picture. And it's just that thing of judging the effectiveness of a workout by how much you sweat, you know. And it's kind of like yeah. there's so much more to it than that, which again comes back to that whole education piece. And that, you know, there's there's nothing better, I think, than getting somebody who was previously worried about lifting weights for whatever reason and then them seeing their own strength like they'll put the bar down or whatever and be like oh my god like I just did that and yeah. seeing that never gets old and and you know as you say it is it's a it's a longer journey to get there but it's it's very much a part of the bigger picture and everything improves you know when yeah. you when you cover all of those pieces they all rise together you know you are limited if you unless you're obviously focused on one specifically for your your sport or whatever but you know for most people who want to you know kind of just maintain a good level of health and fitness doing all of the things will do that yeah so um uh ben bruno gave a very a very relatable reply to that where you know someone was interviewing him i forget which it was a podcast somewhere i listened to him being interviewed on and someone said the same thing that you said you get accused of of saying oh you're you know cause he's the he's the no he's the team no burpees guy and say oh you're you know you're anti hit class and he said he said i'm, I'm not at all um, and he gave the much similar answer to yours but gave but described it in terms of a menu so that you know your your strength work is your that's your that's your entree that's your that's your main course so you've got to have that and then all the other stuff is your side dishes so this is a non-negotiable like you're having you you're having this uh, but if you want a side of hit or a side of dance or a side of yoga or, or whatever that is fantastic and have have all of it if you want but you but you can't not have this uh, and, and that because this allows and enables you to do all of the other stuff 
And that's, it's the linchpin of everything else. So as long as that's there, you can kind of do what you want. And I thought that was a really easy to an, an understand way of describing it. Um, of it's, it's not at the detriment of everything else. It's not a, you should only strength train. You should only lift weights. So, no, no, you should so that you can then go and play basketball and go to yoga and do all of these other things. And then, you know, as you say, then it's, you're absolutely right about it's easy to show up for a class. And, and do that class. It's curated for you. It's done. You don't have to think about it. Requires, I'm not going to say much more, but certainly in the beginning, more work to you yeah. know develop a good understanding of your own body and how you then use that in a strength session. But you know, usually if, if you're doing it under guidance, obviously better. I remember when before I um, I think when I was about sixteen, um, I used to buy like Oxygen magazine and you know. Do I, remember, like- I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> workouts in there and actually it was I think it was all right I was able to follow along and you know learn my RDLs and stuff and it was all gravy but yeah but Luke oh thank you you know that you and I could talk about this for years anyway but um thank you so 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 much what is the guide called I'm training guidebook I'm training guidebook training awesome and people can get that on your website no, it's not. But my website is on it indirectly. My website is on my Instagram, and every, everything is on there. Okay, sweet. So people can can find it there. Um, and I guess I guess the thing that I really like about it is is the stuff that we are constantly trying to explain to um, trainers all the time is that you don't have to be you know you don't have to have a million different exercises for the fear of your clients getting bored and now adding on to this panic you know, not having anything, any, any, you know, physical weight to lift, bring it right back down, really, really master that movement, get them to understand how their bodies are moving well. And that's huge. And that's, uh, clients will take that away with them for, for years. Like that just lays such a solid foundation for them in understanding their own bodies, which is, which I think is our main role um, as trainers, helping people to understand. Bodies. So, um, so head on over to, and your Instagram, Luke, is what, my love? It is Luke W Training. Luke W Training. So go and follow Mr. Luke, everybody, and have a look at the um, his website so you can have a look at the guide. Luke, thank you so, 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 so much. I'm not sure when I'm going to see you again, babe. I mean, I know, I know, you know, I know. <laughs> a couple of times a week, but... I don't know. We'll see each other when we see each other, but um, yeah, we're in touch. I'm, in I'm, touch. I'm, sure, I'm sure that we'll both be on a call at some point. Cool. Well, listen, enjoy the weekend. It is Friday, so enjoy the weekend, which is much so like the week. So how do the fam? Frat house. Frat house. Two of the frat house are in bed. One, the right. other, the eldest frat boy is, is on his laptop listening to something. Thank right. you so much, my love, and I will speak to you soon, but not see you soon. <laughs> Ending cool. on a positive. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Right, Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.